0: If you're looking for great Christian content, we want to encourage you to check out peachtreepress.org. Peachtree Press LLC offers digital products, journals, books, Bible study guides, sermon outlines, Christian blogs, and church notebooks for children and adults. Some products are also available as print on demand. Peachtree Press is a sponsor of this program and a partner in offering authentic Christian content. For more information, check out peachtreepress.org. Welcome back, rappers, to our fourth season of the Ray Reynolds Rap Podcast. If you haven't already done it, please hit that subscribe button or follow us for content on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube. Also, check out our website at rayreynoldsrap.com for sermons, weekly blogs, books, study guides, and lots of free stuff. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's program. Chasing rabbits. Um, that wascoy little rabbit. Um, we're gonna chase a rabbit this morning. Um, we we had uh, some discussion last week. It'll you know, just take a few minutes, but we had uh, a, a question that came up, and as those come up, I'll try to address them in the in the process. Kind of help us not have to avoid them because we are studying the book of Revelation, but if there is something, we, we want to cover it, and I did not have all the scriptures with me, so I'm going to do my best to do it with you today as we chase this little rabbit about uh, Judas. So, two weeks ago, the question was asked about Judas's um, eternal state, where he went to spend eternity, and I thought maybe I would share with you some facts, and some of these things we are familiar with, others maybe not so familiar with. But when we think about Judas, here's some, here's some things that we know we've, we've heard from Scripture. One is Mark 14, 21, which I think probably is the best description of how we view Judas. It says, Woe to the man who betrays the son of man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. Uh, that's what we think of when we think of Judas Iscariot. Uh, his name, Judas, actually means Praise. He is from a little village called Kerioth, or as we say now, Is Iskarioth. Uh, it was about 15 miles south of Hebron, and so it was in a, a fairly close vicinity to where some of the other apostles had lived, and he ends up being called by Jesus as one of the twelve. There's no doubt about that, no question, that for whatever reason he had some value, and so Jesus chooses him, he's called, and then... We might want to remember, this helps us for the latter part of the discussion, in Luke chapter 9, Jesus breathed upon his apostles the Holy Spirit. It's not the only time. He does it a couple other times. But based upon his call and his commission, is he empowered them by the Holy Spirit to do miracles and cast out demons. So Judas could do miracles and cast out demons. Yeah. Is
1: that in here? In this no, place? it's not. Okay, I, I was not going to write him. In yeah. Before, but I,
0: I, I can print this awesome. off. I'll print it off for you. Uh, there's three slides on Judas. Okay. Um, the other thing we know is if he was able to cast out demons and do miracles at some point, that probably ceased. Uh, and we'll. We'll get to that here in a minute. He is also called the son of perdition. Now, I had to dig because when Jesus says it fulfills prophecy, where in the Bible does it say the son of perdition? And it technically doesn't use that exact phrase. Uh, Perdition can mean ruin. It can mean destruction. It could mean uh, a lot of different things that mean disaster. So he's the son of disaster. He's bringing disaster and ruin into the world, but there are a couple of psalms: Psalm 149 uh, 41.9, and Psalm one hundred nine eight, and that's the psalm that's referred to by uh, Peter on uh, uh, right before the Pentecost in Acts one. <clears throat> and also, there's a, a kind of a brief little statement by Daniel in Daniel nine that gives you the idea that. Uh, the son of perdition, or the traitor, because that was a prophecy, he would be betrayed by thirty pieces of silver, uh, is from someone who is uh, like an antichrist. And uh, Paul makes that assessment in Second Thessalonians. He basically puts the son of perdition, or the son of destruction, as one who is against Christ or antichrist. These things we probably know. These are pretty clear uh, in the Scripture. <laughs> A couple more things. One is Satan... This is important. Satan was waiting for an opportunity to enter a disciple. Now, how do I know that? In Luke chapter 4, Matthew records it in chapter 4 as well. The temptation, remember, of Jesus. And there's this really odd statement that says, And he departed him for a time or for a season. So Satan resisted, you know, or was, was, uh, uh, was unable to con- uh, convince Jesus to do the three things that he had asked him to do. So he leaves for a season. The angels come and attend to Jesus. So Satan, from that moment, after the temptation is looking, if he can't enter or if he can't tempt Jesus, he will tempt his disciples. We automatically assume because of the prophecies, if you're reading through Scripture, you, unless you read the Gospel of John, you're probably going to be shocked when Judas betrays Jesus. And in fact, by the 2nd and 3rd century, there were rumors that there were a, uh, a, like a, a group of individuals. In fact, some of you probably have heard of the Gospel according to Judas. There's a, a book, it's, it's an apocrypha type style book. But in that book, from Judas's perspective, he thought Peter was the son of perdition. Because in my estimation, Judas never heard the words, get behind me, Satan. But Peter did. Judas was not told, you're going to be sifted by the devil like wheat. Peter did. So to the apostles, when he says, one of you it has a demon, one of you is going to betray me, they don't know who it is. And so we, we automatically assume sitting at the table, they're all going, oh, it's Judas. I know it. It's Judas. No. No, no, no. Most of them would have thought it could have been anybody. And if you're looking at it, other than the John saying he took money from the purse, you really don't see anything bad about Judas's behavior. Uh, there's one story where the ointment is poured upon the feet of Jesus and And Judas gets upset because he says, hey, that money could have been used to go to the poor. But John says he was upset because he wanted his cut. But Peter is the one who has a potty mouth. Peter is the one who uh, denies Jesus to his face, swears an oath to God. Peter is the one who, uh, well, John and James, too, want to burn a Samaritan village to the ground. I mean, the the apostles, any of the apostles could have been the son of perdition. But we know, because the Bible confirms it was Judas, that that's, that's who it is. But um, he gets possessed, and this is important, he gets possessed by the devil. The devil enters him. Uh, The devil entered Saul in the Old Testament. The devil uh, used many different individuals throughout the history of the Bible. But when he does the betrayal, Satan is inside of him. Okay? That's important. He took money out of the purse. We don't know whether that is uh, something that had just begun or if it was the whole three and a half years he kept the money. All we know is John says, oh, by the way, you know we should have known Judas was a bad guy because he was taking money. But they probably didn't know how much until that event. And 30 pieces of silver is a pretty good price at that time, but today it would be like 20, 30, 40 bucks. I mean, it's really not... It wasn't like he made a million bucks off of selling Jesus out. <clears throat> the hard part for me, it, everybody makes mistakes. Everybody does. And all of the apostles made their mistakes. I mean, Peter, Th- Thomas wouldn't even go to church. I mean, he, first Sunday and after Jesus' raised first weekend, I'm not, I'm, just, I'm not doing it. And then he realizes Jesus is there, so he shows up the next week. But all the apostles had their little <laughs> hang-ups and things, even John. But uh, when you, when you kind of look at it as a whole, individuals, there is only from a um, hindsight view that Judas was bad. It's only from looking at it from now, going, oh, well, now we see this. Now we can kind of get the full picture. Didn't
2: did did, did
0: the devil get in
2: better, too?
0: That's, I, 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 I think he did. I mean, he, he says, get behind me, Satan. Uh, and then he also says, uh, you know, Peter's things will sift you like wheat. I mean, he's got a desire. So, it's very likely.
1: So, so he would know that Judas was the weakest link.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Jesus would have known that he was I would, mean, I know Jesus
1: would.
0: Yeah. Satan had known? Would Satan have known? That I think so. Was I mean, he picked, <laughs> he picked Judas for a reason. But he tempted all of them. You know, he, he, he had to have, you know, tried to get each one to turn. And Judas was the one, and that's the hard part for me, is not the betrayal, per se, but the fact that he went and said, hey guys, I can tell you where you can capture him away from a crowd. I know his secret place where he prays. And you won't have any resistance, because we don't carry weapons. So I'll tell you what, it's going to be dark. Follow me. I'm going to kiss him. And then you arrest him. That's the... The betrayal is bad, but the way that he yeah. systematically planned the betrayal is hard. Almost like he was
2: predestined to do that, right?
0: And that's the question: Is he? Is he? That's why Jesus says it's better for him not to be born. Is it from his? The day he was born it was like God said, "Hey, you're the bad guy." <laughs> but that takes away Judas's free will. Yeah. See,
2: I do this comparison,
0: right? You know,
2: with with Judas. The devil tempts me, but he don't tempt me on my strong points. He tempts me on my weak. Right. The thing I'm the weakest at, that's
0: where he is. buddy, he's knocking on the door every day. Right. You know? Yeah. How to get rid of him? And he was the weakest link among the 12. So in order to pull him out, imagine mm-hmm. like um, they were not known as the apostles. They called themselves the 12, even after Judas is out of it. They call themselves the Twelve. So by Judas leaving the Twelve, there's this gap. It's this strange... You know, it's like saying that uh, we're a quartet, right? But there's three of us. <laughs> I mean, that, doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. We can't call ourselves the quartet anymore. Um, but... There are some country music stars that do this. They'll be a duo, and then they'll split off. Well, they can't be in the duo or group category anymore. Now they're in the individual category for awards and so forth. So it was a huge letdown for the 12 not to be 12. And that's why Judas is replaced so quickly. Did he
1: know when the devil entered? He, I mean, this is what I'm trying to figure yeah. out. Yeah. I mean, did, was he aware that he was going to do that? Or did it just kind
0: of play out? I don't know. I personally, my my opinion is that he his heart was already uh, I'm not saying wicked, but he was already leaning that direction. So when Satan entered him, it wasn't like a you know suddenly I'm going to do everything bad. I think he already was doing some things that made him yeah. So he wasn't a true
1: believer like
0: Peter and. I think he was a true believer. I I think that probably what happened is his his sin seems to like Peter's sin is pride. But the sin of Judas is probably greed. Is that it's it's really hard if you're around homeless people. Uh you'll see this. But it's really hard for people who have nothing when they're given something not to you know, they want to keep it, they want to, and so he's been living on the streets, he's been sleeping on the ground for three years. So when he sees an opportunity, he's like, You know, hey, I'm, you know, when the money keeps rolling in, you don't keep books, you know, you're kind of like, Well, just and so he's probably saying, Well, we could use this money for something else, but really, what he's doing is trying to give himself a salary, mm-hmm. and yeah. Well,
3: my thought about Judas and all this, I. Try to look at it from my own perspective, and I think of myself as a child growing up in, so to speak, what we call poverty nowadays. I didn't know we lived in poverty, but you know. But when you're in that position, and then you go to a school where there's a lot of rich people, right. and you see their things, then you start talking to your friends, and you're wishing. Right. And what you're talking about. Pretty soon, you get that into your mind that you think it's okay right. for you to do. And I feel like that Jesus was the same way. He, he just, I think that, you know, I mean, they had other friends. Right. They had other people. They had family. He talked to them and told them what all, you know, the mm-hmm. treasury had and this, that, and the other. And who knows? You know, we don't, we're not supposed to know all of that. But.
0: I, I do believe that your strength is your weakness. So, like, if you are a, um, a person who is very bold, you know, and you, you're willing to speak out and speak up, sometimes your weakness is you're going to put your foot in your mouth. If, you're, if your strength is compassion and love, you're probably a little naive. So Peter, uh, his strength was his boldness, but his weakness was he put his foot in his mouth. Judas's weakness, strength, it's the same thing. The strength is he can handle money. He can handle money. But when you're able to handle those things... You almost and I see this sometimes with churches, uh, where someone who has put in charge of the treasury ends up looking at the church money like their money. You know, they just like, oh I'm not gonna spend anything on that. You know, wait a minute now, wait a minute. This is the Lord's money, it's not yours. And and you kinda almost get that Judas like mindset uh, this control, you know, we're gonna I we're gonna do what I wanna do. Some people will run for office or be a part of an association. Only because they can have that power. But then they abuse the power. Uh, And I think that's probably what happened to Judas. Mm -hmm. He was very good with money. But I personally am shocked that they didn't put Matthew in charge of the money. Yeah. Was he was a tax collector. He was, yeah. was used to. Hammering. But I think they they all <laughs> thought in their minds if there's somebody who's going to misuse the money, it's going to be a Roman guy. You know, Matthew had a Roman. He may not have been Roman. He was a Jew, but he definitely leaned towards the Herodians. Yeah. 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 The
2: other eleven must have been a little bit guilty because they were asking Christ. It's
1: not I, is it? Yeah. It's right. Yeah. yeah. It's not me. It's not me. So they must have been a little yeah. guilty of
0: something. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you're looking around that circle. You would be like, hey, y'all remember when James and John wanted to burn the Samaritan village to the ground? I'll bet it's them. Yeah. It's got to be Peter. He won't stop running his mouth. You know, so, I mean, like, and, well, Thomas, it could have been. But whatever reason, um, Jesus has to say, well, it's the one who dips with you. And he dipped with him together. They probably didn't all hear that either. They were probably still yanging back and forth.
1: But sometimes the person that's the least expected. Mm-hmm. I mean, just in life. Yeah. You're like,
3: there's
0: no way. Right. That's there's
3: right. No
1: way. But yeah, that's that secret. That's and right. That you don't realize.
0: That happens in movies. Usually in movies, we're pretty good about uh, predicting something that's going to happen, but it's always that. What? I didn't see that coming. And I, I would guarantee, almost guarantee, that was Judas up until the last few weeks of Jesus's life. Is that? they probably started going, no, it could be Judas. Because, I mean, he's the guy who's handling the money. Um, But he was the treasurer. This is what I find interesting. Okay, I love languages. In Matthew chapter 27, after Judas betrays Jesus for the 30 pieces of silver, the word that's used there about his grief, when it says he was grieved or he was sorrowful for what he did... The word actually means seized with remorse. Judas had a panic attack. <clears throat> he had a full blown panic attack of anxiety for what he had done. Uh, you can call that whatever you want. I call it repentance.
2: I do too. Uh, it's repentance. So where does so? Well,
0: I'll tell you what Jesus said. I can tell you what Jesus said about his soul. Jesus. Says exactly what happened to him. Uh, well, and he returned the money, too. He didn't just seize with report. He took the money back. He gave it to them. They said, we can't keep it, so we're going to buy a field of <clears throat> blood. Uh, they had a, a big field where they buried uh, people that were visiting, travelers. Um, but a couple things that we probably haven't thought about that I mentioned last time was he was so grieved that he tried to take his own life. If you just read the Gospels, it says he hanged himself. But Acts says that's not how he died. Acts says he fell to his death. So in other words, when he put the noose on to hang himself, he either didn't do it properly or um, maybe for whatever reason, the limb broke. uh, But he did it on the side of a cliff somehow because it says that he fell. Or he was pretty high up in a tree. But it says he fell to his death and his bowels gushed out. So that means that it was a violent end. And this goes back to the prophecies of the Son of Perdition. It was not Judas's life to take. The Lord determined how he would die. So when he did this, it's meant to be a teaching lesson to those that read it, and less of a judgment of his eternal soul. We make it about his soul. We make it all about oh, Judas went to hell. But that's not what this is about. This is about Judas is me. Judas is you. We walk with Jesus. We love him. We do everything he asks. But when we have a choice, sometimes we make a stupid decision. And Judas did that. But Judas repents. And he says, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done this. He couldn't make it right with Jesus because Jesus is in a prison cell about to be hung on the cross. So he 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 tries to end it. He's he's so overwhelmed with anxiety, seizing with remorse. He's so overwhelmed. He's like, I just got to end it all. And so he, but he falls to his death. So we all all the time we say, Oh, Jews committed suicide. That's technically partially true, but it was not the hanging that killed him. It was the fall that killed him. And then it was very graphic. Uh, here are the other two things that we do not. Think about in Matthew. You might want to just hold your place there in Revelation. Let's read this. This is Matthew 19, and uh, there are two scriptures. One of them is going to be here in Revelation. We'll get there. But in Matthew chapter 27, or pardon me, Matthew (laughs) chapter 19. Remember, he had said that you won't taste death till you see the Son of Man coming in glory. And there's a couple places in Mark where those things are said. But Jesus makes a very very interesting statement in Matthew chapter 19. And this is verses 27 and 28. <clears throat> uh, remember he says with God all things are possible and all this. Well then Judas says to him, uh, or pardon me, Peter says to him, See, we've left all and followed you. Therefore, what shall we have? You know, What are we going to get for this, Jesus? What, what, what kind of benefit financially? What kind of benefit? Are we going to have land? Are we going to have whatever? And Jesus says, Assuredly I say to you, That in this regeneration, when the son of man sits on the throne of his glory, you who have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Apostles, the 12 of you are going to sit on 12 thrones in heaven. Now, Ray Reynolds did not say that. That's not origin or... You know, it's not, uh, uh, you know, polycarp. This isn't a first century church father. Jesus said, I'm going to say something to the 12 of you right now. I'm going to say something to the 12 of you. All 12 of you are going to have a throne in heaven with your name on it. Was Judas there in the 12?
2: Yeah.
0: Was it, he didn't was say a letter
2: on the replacement there. Well,
0: that's, a, that's a good question. Is there placement? I don't think Paul was sitting there. I'm pretty sure that uh, Barnabas, who's also called Apostle, isn't there. I
3: haven't gotten to that part yet when he's talking
0: here. To so Matthias? Yeah. Matthias would be Acts chapter 1. Yeah. And, and, and he may have been, you know, a quality for Matthias was that he needed to be with the group. I, I, I believe wholeheartedly that uh, there are a lot of things sometimes people do in Scripture that they claim to be something God wanted. Uh, I'm not sure casting, I'm not sure gambling's the thing that God wanted, you know. Hey, who's going to be the next apostle? Oh, yes. Matthias. I really do not believe that that's the way God, how they wanted it to. I just, you know, it's not a, it's not, it's not roulette. No. It's not apostle roulette. Yeah. God had uh, specific qualities for who led the apostles. Jesus says, "I'll call him," and in Acts nine, He calls Paul. He didn't call Matthias. He didn't, there's nowhere in previous to Acts 1, you even know the guy exists. But Peter says, here's what we're going to do. The Bible says that we need to have, um, you know, we need to have a, a you know, specific group of people that do. So here's mm-hmm. what I'm thinking. I'm thinking we need to get somebody. We're only 11 right now. That doesn't make any sense. So let's add 12. Well, before long, James, the brother of John's, going to die. Well, they're going to replace him. I'm sure that they stood around and went, all right, okay. All right, Barnabas is the next one. I mean, none of that makes any sense. There's no, there's no, um, uh, all he mentions is a few brief qualities in Acts 1. Well, those qualities are going to, not very many of the guys that are converted after Acts 2 walked with Jesus. So those qualities are going to die out. The apostles are dying out. And you can't just, every time somebody dies, go, okay, we need one more. Oh, we had two apostles die? All right, guys, let's vote on two more. Eventually, the voting members are not part of the original 12 if you do that. So I don't think Peter's uh, judgment there is, um, is probably the best. Because he's just concerned about a number. He wants the 12. He wants the 12. And the reason why it's included is to show that Peter is leading. It's not meant to say Peter makes all the right decisions. Because it's pretty clear by Acts chapter 10, Peter's prejudice would not allow him to go to the Gentiles. So Peter wasn't perfect. Jesus said, I'll call my disciples. And they said, well, we'll we'll call one for you, Jesus. Not about Matthias. And neither one of them are mentioned again in Scripture. So um, when he says you 12 have 12 thrones, when we get to Revelation 21, not only do they have 12 thrones, it says the 12 apostles have 12 foundation stones, 12 walls with their name on it. So... Whose name is on that throne? Jesus says you're gonna. You twelve are gonna have twelve thrones. Whose name's on that wall? When you drive down the street, you know you see a street sign and it says a name. You drive by a, a building. Yesterday we were at the ballpark in Fairhope. They built a, a park. Rotary's built a park there, and it says by the Rotary of Fairhope or whatever. So if what's the name on the wall? Well, okay, Jesus. Yeah, that Jesus already saying. said. Um, now, and I understand some people say, well, it just says the 12. It could mean anybody. Well, if you're standing there, you didn't know that. If I'm Judas and I'm standing there in Matthew 19, and he goes, hey, each one of you are going to have a throne. So don't worry about it. You have left all and followed me. So you're going to have a throne with your name on it. You're going to have a wall with your name on it. In other words, you're going to be in heaven and have some. Do you think that 12th throne is empty? Do you think God said, okay, well, look, you know, you didn't have the promise in Matthew 19, but Judas. Sorry, you're not, you're not in. Our, we want to rationalize that somehow we believe Judas went to hell because of the betrayal. But there are people who did far worse than Judas that made it in. I mean, I mentioned last week David, Samson. I don't know how he got in. I
2: want him to get there. I think he's more hope. Right, yeah, that's right.
0: If he can make it. Uh, but nowhere does it say he's in heaven. It could be just his names on the wall, but if you read it, I I, I don't see how you can automatically say he went to hell. I, I can't say that. I don't. I can't say he went to heaven, but I cannot say he went to hell. So, um, so, when the Holy,
2: so when the Holy Spirit breathed on the twelve, so that they had a
0: full understanding. Yeah. hmm When Judas said, "One of the twelve? Uh, Judas. Well, he was dead when he when they did that next too. So. So. Matthias,
2: did he get that
0: understanding? Uh, he would have gotten that understanding in Acts 2 when they were poured out upon the Holy Spirit. But, Mathias, but that was after he was already chosen. He ain't going to get that street sign to so <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> there's no street sign named after him. Uh, and I understand that this is uh, just a side note. This isn't a salvation issue or anything like that. I just feel like I have a hard time, and it's probably because there's a little Judas in all of this. But I have a hard time putting a person in a category or heaven or hell unless God specifically says it. I just, yeah. I can't do that. Um, yeah. Hazel.
2: When Jesus was at the table
0: with the twelve at the last supper mm-hmm. and he said, one of you will deny me. Right. They didn't suspect anyone. That's right. That's right. At that point, nobody suspected Judas. That's right. That's a great point. Yeah. They, who is it? Is it me? Is it me? Is it me? They didn't know who it was. There was never a consensus. They didn't draw straws or take a vote and say, how many of you think it's Judas? I would never, other than reading the Gospel of John, I don't know that I would have assumed it was Judas. In fact, most of us, if we're being honest, we would have probably said, well, that's probably Peter. And then Peter, after that, denies him three times. And remember, this is important, in Matthew's Gospel, when Jesus says... You're going to deny me three times. And he's like, oh, I'll never deny you. Jesus says to Peter, get behind me, Satan. So he says it, Matthew 16. He says it again later. So if you're just looking at the New Testament for the first time, you would have never... Judas is like completely a wild card, uh, other than John's gospel. But if you're reading Matthew, you're like, man, how did Judas become the bad guy? I don't even know who he is. There's no story about him. He's just kind of one of the 12 names. Uh, it's kind of like pick one at random. But we do because he betrayed him and it was so terrible. Um, you know, Jesus looked at Peter eye to eye, Luke's gospel says, when and he denied for Peter, I mean,
3: Jesus already told him he was going to deny him three times. And then whenever you're reading it and he's actually doing it, and mm-hmm. then you have the slave girl that's going, oh, you're that guy. You can with right. him. You right. call Jesus. And she's right. like, nanny, nanny. Yep, yep. He's like, no, he runs. Yep. So, I mean, not can that be any work? I mean, that can be just right. as bad in my eyes as what Judas did. Right. And, and, and Judas took it mm-hmm. to heart worse than I think Peter did. He did. Yeah, Peter
0: actually, until the the breakfast, the fish breakfast in John 21, we don't really see any remorse from Peter. I mean, we know he had to be grieved because of it. But when Jesus looks at him, Luke's gospel says, and at the third denial that Jesus turned and looked at Peter. So that means that they locked eyes. And that's when Peter weeps bitterly. He goes out and he, he just grieves what he's done, but he does not repent. There's no repentance. At least Judas said, I have done wrong. I don't agree with this. I'm sorry. I don't want, and the Pharisees are like, well, you know, you made the choice. You made the bed. You need to lay in it. And, uh, but, but Judas would not, what, what other choice did Judas have? If he had gone back to the 12, they would have probably killed him. Yeah. I mean, they're carrying swords. I mean, Peter's out there hacking ears off. So, I mean, they would have killed him. So what is Jesus' choice? He can't, he can't go back to the Jews because they're mad at him for bringing the money back. He can't go to the apostles because he's just betrayed Jesus. He's a man without a country. So his only, and sometimes you get that way when you're, people just have no, well, I don't know what else to do. I have no other options. And they will take their life. And that's where he was. He was so grieved. I mean, like I said, the word there means seized. I've cried before where I just, you know, but I've never been to the point that just shaking, you know, crying and shaking and shaking. And he's just, he's overwhelmed with emotion. Uh, It's interesting too how the word seize or seizure is often connected to demonic behavior. And it's possible that his heart was so softened but he seized enough to give up the Spirit. I, 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 it's just a thought, but he, he just, oh man, he was so sorry. He was so sorry. And then, you know, before we're baptized,
3: when we study with someone, especially because I was an adult, this seized me, and the yeah. fact that I was ready to be baptized at that moment, whenever that preacher was talking to me and telling me, because I felt so... Uh, grieved over all the sins that I felt like I had committed, and I right. needed to be watching. He said, "No, you can't do that until tomorrow night." Yeah. And I'm like, I thought I was going to die and go to hell. Right. To right. Yeah. Now that I understand.
0: Right. Well, it's like Kyle. You know, yesterday uh, uh, we had been. Brandon said that after the sermon Sunday morning. that Kyle came to him and was like, hey, I, I really want to study about baptism. So I told Brandon, I was like, well, whenever you get a chance, you know, just <laughs> do it as quickly as you can. I wasn't able to get here because I was in Fairhope at the ballgame. But um, they, he said that when he was, he's like, I need to do this right now, I need to do this right now because of the urgency of it. And um, that, that means that he gets it. Like he, he got it. He, he's not doing it because his friend's done it or because he, co- he was He was emphatic. That's right, he was pricked in the heart. And yeah, I, mean, I love I love that. And he's a good kid too. I mean he, he's he's friends with my son Isaac and he's been over to the house and we've had dinner together and he's just a good kid, but he, he said, Here I am, I'm lost, I need to be saved. And uh, blessed his mom too and his family, they came. So was hey, Kyle Votow, Votal. Yeah.
1: Oh uh, read uh, Matthew
0: twenty six. Mm hmm. Matthew twenty six and what verse twenty? Yeah, Uh, when the evening had come, he sat down with the twelve. Now, as they were eating, he said, "Assuredly, I say to you, one of you will betray me." And they were exceedingly sorrowful, and each of them began to say to him, "Lord, is it I?" He answered them, "Who dipped his hand? He who dipped his hand with me." And the dish will betray me. The son of man indeed goes just as it is written of him. But woe to the man by whom the son of man is betrayed. It would have been good for that man if he had not been born. Then Judas, verse 25. Remember, they're going around the room. Is it me to me? Who is betraying him answered, Rabbi is it And he said to him, you have said it. Uh. I think it may be Luke's gospel or John's where he, uh, he just leaves. And he says, what you're going to do, do it quickly. And so he, he immediately yeah, gets yeah. up and goes. But that's before the taking of communion. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I yeah. was
1: watching something on TV the other night. And it was an interview with these killers and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the guy said, how long was it before you thaw it yeah. and pull the trigger yeah. and most of them said two seconds right? three seconds that just shows how quickly yeah. you make a choice that can right, destroy your whole life that's right <clears throat> they all said I really like you know it was just that quick right. that
0: it happened yeah those 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 quick decisions change a lifetime I mean it could, same thing with and I, I'll say this too about suicide alright and i This is something that's another sensitive subject, but it it goes along with this. Our automatic assumption sometimes, and I've heard people say in the church, I've heard preachers say in the church, that um, if a person takes their own life, they're committing murder. And that the last thing that they do is commit murder. And so because of that, you cannot go to heaven. Uh, There are several times in the Bible that people took their own lives. And they went to heaven. Uh, Saul is a good example. He falls on his sword. Samson, we know he's in heaven because Hebrews chapter 11. But he literally pushed the pillars down and killed. He was so prejudiced against the people. He said, I'm going to take them all out. And he pushed. He couldn't even see. But he wanted to kill everybody in the Colosseum. He pushes the thing. He kills more in his death than he did through his whole life. He committed suicide. Uh, so there are several times in scripture where, where that happens. So, but let's take away the biblical aspect for just a second. What about today? What about for people today? We have to be careful when we say to people, you go to hell for committing suicide. Because suicide is a gray area for a lot of reasons. I had a cousin who was in Vietnam that a grenade was thrown in and he jumped on top of it. He committed suicide. He did. How many lives, How many lives did he save? Mm-hmm. But he committed suicide. Um, there are individuals who uh, ship captains, planes, that they will allow everybody else to get out of the, the vehicle, and they have to pilot it in. Another good example, remember the other, back a few years ago when the Blue Angel... Uh, had a, a, an issue and he could have abandoned but it was over a subdivision and he went ahead and, and piloted it into the ground and they said why did he do that he could have saved his life because it probably would have killed other people he committed suicide those men that went back into the twin towers yeah, in, yeah. they knew yeah. they were going to die yeah. but they did it anyway so if we just say someone who so then we say well what about what if they maliciously take their life we're gonna because Jesus said nobody takes my life from me. I lay it down willingly. He gave his life. Nobody took it from him. That might technically be considered suicide. But let's take that out and now let's talk about the what about people who um, they know what they're doing. Like they really do know. They do it intentionally. It's not like it's a, a, a situation like jumping on a grenade or something like that. A medical issue. Yeah, medical issue. The Bible teaches us that there are individuals who have mental instability. You are born as a human with a trait of self preservation. You know, if I set a fire over here, how many of you jump in it? Put on a hot stove, making dinner. How many of you go, you know what? You wouldn't do that. Why? Self preservation. You're created to preserve life. You don't do, there's a reason why I don't bungee jump. There's a reason why I don't zip line. I would love to do it. It would be a blast, but I would probably die. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I have no desire to die that way. So something happens in a person who says, I'm gonna end my life. There's a, a, a moment and maybe it's a long process of, of subtle changes. That an individual is no longer, as we say, in their right mind. And I've known two men now. I've known a lot of people that have done this, but I know two men that were elders in the church. One uh, was given a diagnosis of cancer, and his doctor he went to the doctor without his wife that day, so she didn't know that the cancer had returned. And he went in and he, he hugged his wife talked to his kids, went to the bedroom, and pulled the trigger. When the minister who had to conduct the funeral started asking other ministers, what am I supposed to say? You know, what am I supposed to say? Well, how can we argue that he was in his right mind? He, he, he was so distraught and overwhelmed by the, the mistake that he had made, who, who, who would say he automatically is going to hell because of what he did? He he was so um, mentally unstable. And I think that we can reach a point where we're no longer accountable for our actions. You can call it insanity. You can call it whatever you want. But I think that sometimes... and, And another thing, too. Who's to say that one specific act in our life determines all of our eternity? God judges us based on our entire life. Not one moment of our life. I mean, I can't imagine... Living my life to a ripe old age and doing as much good work for the kingdom and he goes, Yeah, you did you did a lot of good. But man, there was that one time when you were 16. <laughs> no! You know, why would you why would you cast out somebody because of one thing? So even though it is the ultimately leading to the death of an individual, I think that some people are mentally unstable and they 're judged differently, just like a person with Down syndrome or a person with some kind of a, um, a mental uh, break they're, you cannot i don't think God would judge them based on one action because they they cannot mentally make a good decision and i 'll give you another reason why I believe this this is this is going to be relatable alzheimer's is a terrible disease. And it takes your brain from you. I have had people that I have... The sweetest of Christian women... I mean, Sunday school teachers... lovers of Jesus and all good things. And when you go to the nursing home to see them... I mean, they're cussing up a storm and hitting people. They are mentally out of their right mind. I do not believe... I cannot believe that a loving and gracious and merciful God would go, well, they're still breathing. They're still in the body I put them in. And they have moments where they remember good things, but because they're going to act like this, they're out. Um, so it's another reason why I believe very strongly that this, these issues, like with taking your own life or even doing dumb stuff as we get older and we lose our memory, I don't think God's going to go, okay, that's you're done now. You were really good, but... These last five years, when you've been struggling with dementia, I can't let you in. Well, and like you
1: said a while ago, people that choose not to take the treatment. Right. I mean, yep. not, I mean, if you want to really get stretched out yeah. there, yeah. know, so I mean, right. there's all kinds of, yeah. you
0: know. It's a gray area, and I don't know why at some point all of us heard a sermon. I know I did growing up that was very strongly about committing suicide. You know, if you, go, you commit suicide, you're going to hell. Well, what is suicide? What what was technically, what is your definition? What is your definition? I
3: think that if, if someone has spoken about it and talked about it for a long time, mm-hmm. then you better be thinking that that could possibly happen to them. Yeah. Uh-huh. They might do that, but if it's something, like you said, it's the spur of the moment, yeah. something horrible happened, yeah. someone... Their
0: mind wasn't
3: thinking because
0: someone had
3: bullied them or whatever. Right. Right. That is a whole different thing than somebody that just goes around saying, "I'm just going to pick a gun and kill myself every day for the last 20
0: years." Yeah. And then they finally do it. Yeah, and you you know another reason why I think there needs to be some sensitivity is because this is a epidemic of our young people. I mean, we be careful. There are a lot of kids within our youth group and within our youth group circles that they have been bullied so hard and nobody's listening to them and the teachers won't do anything about it and the kid won't stop and they get on social media and they're on there and they just are so overwhelmed with grief that they make a decision in spur of the moment without thinking. And uh, why would we look at that and go, well, that's for sure, they're lost now. No, it's, it's one event. Based on a life of anxiety and struggle, that they feel like that's the only way out. And, and if
1: you've never known, if you've ever known anyone that has had a family, that is a grief. Yep. That, I mean, you can rationalize sickness, mm-hmm. you can rationalize an accident, you can, you know, you can, but if you've ever known, mm-hmm. that is a grief that is so deep. You're right. That. Yeah. They cannot accept it. Right. And you know, they've heard all the sermons. Mm-hmm. And I've got a very good friend, her son did a couple of years ago. She's heard all, and so your mind's playing tricks on you. Right. And she's like, but I know he would not have done that. Right. I know he would, you know. But that's the grief that... Right. You think that you, yeah. you that you don't ever experience right. I'm not
0: a fan of Disney but if you've seen the movie Inside Out there's this little teenage girl the whole movie's about her emotions and there's, a, there's a, a, a sequence in the movie where everything goes gray and she runs away and she gets on the bus and they can't figure out how to control her because she's on autopilot and she's on a, a path to run away and get away from her family when she had a family who loved her. And I thought, you know, that's a good way to picture. Sometimes we get this tunnel vision that we just get determined that this is what we're going to do. And there's, there's no looking back. It's just like that girl that went and shot up the, the school the covenant in Nashville. She actually went to another school first. It was too well guarded. So she went back to where she had trouble as a, as a child. And so she was determined she's going to kill somebody that day. And sometimes people automatically have this... I'm gonna do this, and you can't stop me. And um, well, she committed suicide. She did. Yeah. About
3: <laughs> poison.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: So go back to Jesus. Okay. The reason it's to me that it's important for us to study that mm-hmm. is we do have that, and I'm sure other people feel the same way. Or some, some probably that we do have it perceived in our minds that Judas went to hell. Yeah. But yet we can rationalize that. Well, how was it, what he done right. worse than what Peter did, or some other people? Right. Well, we have sin in our life. Right. What is he going to forgive, what is he not going to forgive? Right. You know when, uh, yes. worse than man. Right. So yeah. So it, it helps us strengthen our faith. Yeah.
0: When we can say, "Okay,
2: I'm not the only one that feels
0: this way. I'm not right. the only one that." Thinks. And Jesus would not have called him unless he knew he could do good. I mean, he he did miracles. He casted out demons, which none of us can do. And so Jesus called him because he saw the good in him. And the good in him is what is the repentant part. Uh, but we remember him for the one, and we know a lot of people that, and we're judgmental sometimes. We we look at them and we go, oh well, you remember? What, there was a lady at a church I was at. She um uh, she had an affair. She she was a deacon's wife, and she had an affair with one of the elders' wives. And when we every time I was around her, it was really hard because you remember, even though there's repentance and forgiveness and everything like that, you you still remember what they did, and you you're like, man, I still can't believe she did that, you know. And yet, it's all good now; everything's worked out, in the. You know everything. Everything works out in the end, but you're just like you cannot stop thinking about. Oh, I remember when he got his DUI, or I remember when she had that child out of wedlock. You know, I mean, you, you we do. We make a judgment call based on one event in someone's life, and God does not view us that way. He, He, he takes the whole picture, and um, but it's not
2: how we've lived in the past. It's how we live right yeah, now.
0: Right, right. If we're following Jesus
2: right now, right, and we're doing what's right right now. Yeah. Well,
3: we and if we aren't following Jesus, then we're not supposed to be the judge. Right. We're not supposed to be judgmental
0: about yeah. any of
3: this that stuff. Yeah. That's
0: yeah. not our deal. Yeah. Well, our, our strength is our weakness. Our strength is our weakness. Our strength in the church is that we know what's right. We've read our Bible. We know the right way to live. We know what sin is. We can determine the difference between good and wicked, good and evil. Our weakness is... We do not see our own faults because we think that we're perfect. We think that we're right, and when you think you're right, you're wrong. You're wrong. That's great. All right. So uh, yeah, this was this was rabbit chasing 101, and <laughs> <It was laughs> so, that was <laughs> so, so that wasca we went a rabbit, we caught it. All right, so next week, we'll say the Church of Ephesus and Revelation 2. Oh, yeah. In fact, I can go print it right now. Thank you for tuning in to today's broadcast. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube. Also, visit our website at Rap. Dot com. If you'd like to contribute to the show, content suggestions, uh, questions, prayer requests, or even if you just want to reach out to us, you can email us at Rayreynoldswrap at gmail.com. Have a great day as you seek to maintain an authentic life in Christ Jesus. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, PO Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214.